Okay, let's just say it. As entrepreneurs, we can be needy. We feel like we need to be involved in every aspect of our company's operation, every decision, every action taken. But the truth is that successful business owners learn to build up the right team so that they don't need them. Not only is this formula for success, but it will also make your life so much more enjoyable and stress-free. On this episode of Bootstrappers, we're going to give you the roadmap to build your remote team so they don't need you. Welcome to the Bootstrapper Show. I'm your host, Gwen Aspen, here with my spouse, Jeremy Aspen. That's me. And today we're talking about how to develop your team so they don't need you. And I do kind of have a success to talk about. I went to- Dish Af- girl. <laughs> I went to Africa for a week and I, we rarely take like week-long vacations. Well, this, like, yeah, it wasn't really a vacation, but right. No, it wasn't a vacation because I was there for uh, to be trained for a board I'm on for Entrepreneurs Organization. I'm membership chair, but that's beside the point. The point is, is I went to Africa and like I, no one really needed me. I mean, I prepared everybody for the week, the time. Oh, did, the, even the family? Or the no, work? but yeah, work, okay, like gotcha, nobody gotcha. needed me. I prepared everybody because there's like a seven hour time difference. So, I mean, there was barely any time that we'd both be awake or everyone would be awake when at the I was same in, time. I was in California. It was a nine hour difference for me. Yeah, yeah, right. And so there was not going to be a lot of communication. And so I prepared everybody adequately, I think. I, I did because I'm back and nothing bad happened, but it was amazing because like they really didn't need me and things got done, like things got accomplished and people are happy and the numbers came in for last month and everything was good. So anyway, it was just kind of a win because you don't really know until you go on vacation. And that was kind of your thing as a manager too, right? I was just writing that down. Yeah. So on uh, the times that I lived in Tucson, where I was the sales manager when I lived in Denver, where I was the international department manager, and when I lived, oh, and then in, in Chihuahua as the director, and then back in the United States as a director of, of a region. Each of those instances, I, I started the job, and then I took a one-month vacation. In two of those years, I went, I did um, Europe for 30, one time I did it for 90 days. You did? I did. With a job? Uh, with I a job. I thought that was in between jobs. No, I mean... It would sometimes, I mean, I, I did go to Europe one time for between jobs, but then I also went to Europe to uh, go for- Like uh, a training? To, uh, to get the hell out. Because back then um, we didn't even have, no, not even training. I was there literally for just vacation, going hanging out with Carlos and them. And, wow. Or actually it was Guillermo. Nice life, yeah, was Jeremy Aspen. But it, I, I negotiated into my deal because I think it was after a couple of months, after three months maybe- um, I had set things up the way that I wanted them to be run. And then I had made a, the decision that, okay, this is the time where I want them to stop asking me questions. And so then I would leave for that time frame, And I would just ensure when I got back that they had done things the way that I wanted them to, and that they could kind of make their own decisions and do all that stuff, get them into that rhythm. And it really was a fast way of making sure that everybody was dialed into the way I wanted things. Um, or at least, like one of the things that you have to do is let people make their own decisions and do their own thing. Mm-hmm. That's what that does. It just mm-hmm. makes sure that they understand what it is they are capable of doing, and then they bring it because they're not going to get in trouble. When, because when the boss isn't there, they can't get in trouble. 
And so they're going to try and make things better for everybody in the team or in the office. So I think the one, if, if I could deduce what you do to make sure that your team can work without you is provide clarity, like true clarity of the role, the responsibilities, the decision-making matrix. And when you provide clarity and they know what the expectation is and they know how to get it. And then if, you know, some one-off comes through, they can kind of muddle through because they know the values of the business, they know the generalities, and you've given them that base, then you can let them kind of do their own thing. It, it's interesting because I, I was just talking about that trip to Africa and we got training and I went to this one training session where they're like, how to make better decisions. And this was an area where a lot of people didn't have this. And we did have a policy for how to make decisions. Oh, yeah. And so we have a decision-making matrix. And it gives people, like, does this decision. So do you remember it yeah, off the top so, of your head? Yeah, uh, so one, does it make sense? If it passes, you know, if it doesn't pass, don't do it. Uh, which seems stupid, but that is one of the things you have to take into consideration. And then you have to... Well, I just want to say when clients are like angry or something, people do do things that don't make any sense, right? Oh like when, when there's this pressure of time, when there's the pressure of an angry client, especially like a big client, people do really dumb things. So having them just stop and be like, wait, wait, wait. Okay, let's just take myself out of this. Does this even make sense to do this? is the first step. Yep. Go ahead. Right. Yeah, that's a perfect example. Um, and then if it does make sense, there the next step is to draft a, a rough draft of what the idea is and how it would change the procedure itself. So they have to write that as a draft of the procedure. And then um, if they're under the limit of what their uh, permissions are, so uh, that we have- Money-wise. Money, well, we have three tiers for money. You know, three tiers, and if it's below us, if you're, if the cost, the anticipated cost is below your uh, amount that you can spend on any particular transaction, uh, longer story, then they can just auto-approve it. But they have to think of all the financial consequences. It's not just a one-time fee. It's like the downspout of... Yeah, the so, okay, real quickly, um, if you have, if it's a $95 a month um, expense, you don't have approval because your allowance is up to $100 it's times 12. So if the cost is going to, you have to add the total cost over the course of one year. And then that is what um, uh, you base the decision on. So then after it's written, uh, you have to then decide whether or not you're approved to, uh, if you have the approval to be able to move it forward. And if you don't, you send it to your manager or to whatever level you have to, to get the approval. Um, side note on that is, that sometimes it's a, the responsibilities. So if that responsibility or that change is going to affect other areas, then you automatically have to go get approval from the people that are gonna be operating that change or that are gonna be, um, yeah, that are, that are gonna have to affect the, the change. And then after that, uh, it progresses to a, oh, implementation and then follow-up and then closed. So, that's just a rough draft, but this is the clarity that people need because if things are going to come up and they need to know how to make a decision in order to do that while you're gone or to operate without you there all the time. So I think that that's a really important thing. And that's what I had a whole seminar on just that decision-making matrix and how companies come up with one and how you make decisions in a company that 
uh, help the company move forward and are effective and efficient. And that should probably be the most linked to or most referenced procedure in other procedures. Mm-hmm. Like that one, if you need to get approvals, then you have to have mm-hmm. that procedure linked. And I think it's one of the, well, based on this conference I went to, it's one of the most lacking procedures. No doubt about it. In any organization. So I think that you need that level in order to have your company be like self-sufficient and everybody, uh, your team working without your interference on a regular basis. Um, And I think uh, acknowledge and rewarding autonomy is another way to improve them doing things. So when people make good decisions and they maybe a five-star review comes up and they just did everything independently, make a big deal about it. Put it in the headlines of all the meetings for that week. You know, maybe have an award that you give for people who make good decisions without a lot of input. I mean, really make an effort to be like, this person is awesome. Uh, Another thing, I read this book that was really good. It was called like Uh, coaching, the coaching habit, I think is what it's called. And it was about never answering a question Mm -hmm. with an answer. Always ask another question so that they come up with their own answer or ask them to refer to the procedures. And if you never answer any questions for them, they're not going to need you very soon (laughs) because they'll learn how to ask themselves the questions that you're always asking them. And sometimes, a lot of times, the reason people ask you questions is as a version of cover your ass. They will want to make sure that somebody else gave them the authority to move forward with something, uh, thought out or not. Um, like sometimes I feel like I get these uh, these requests just because people didn't want to make the request themselves or they wanted some sort of cover. They didn't want the responsibility of they making the decision. They didn't want the, the responsibility. Decision. Yeah, that's they don't want the responsibility of making the decision, so they kind of hand it off to me and then... Of course, you know, if I'm completely unaware of the daily operational piece that they've presented, I'm not even the right person to do that. But if I say, okay, then they've gotten the cover that they're looking for. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And this is where the clarity comes through is uh, make sure it's clear to them that you want them to take responsibility because you don't want those questions and no one gets fired, you know, for making questions using the matrix, the decision-making matrix and making sure that they're within their realm of approval amount. I, you know, I'd even go so far as to, um, help employees understand that while you are available to answer questions or, or to be a part of that decision-making process, it really is a kind of failure if you must necessarily involve, uh, well, not even necessarily, but if you feel like, if they feel like they need to get that kind of cover, they're, 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 they're forcing kind of their workload onto the boss, and it's supposed to go the other way around. Mm-hmm. And they all too often um, feel like they, they, they want to do things your way, you know, so they don't want to deviate from what, you know, you as the boss's expectations are. So they involve you in all these what should be dumb little things or dumb middle-sized things that, you know, they are in a position to, one, identify whether or not it was the right decision, um, and two, 
uh, they could get it done faster by not involving another human being in the process. Or they could ask their coworker. Ask like, your coworker, like, do you think that this is good? I think that they incentivizing them to ask each other. Number one, it helps collaboration and like a team mentality. And you want to incentivize the team mentality because it makes people like their job more. It gives them more psychological security and incentivize them to collaborate and make a group decision rather than involve a higher up person. And we used to, I think we still do. We made everybody read this article called who's got the monkey. It's like the most reprinted Harvard business review article of all time. And a lot of managers are stressed out because people will come to them with a problem and then put the problem on their shoulders. And then you become the bottleneck of your business instead of, and so that's, the monkey, right, is the problem that was now put on your shoulders as the manager. And the key to managing your team and getting them to manage without involving you and do things on their own is to never let them put the monkey on your shoulders or the problem on your shoulders. But when they leave, they leave with the monkey, if you will. I've actually, even on occasions, we have a ticketing system where we uh, operate. And sometimes someone will send me over something that's relatively, um, well, unnecessary for me to be involved in. And my only note to them when I send it back is not my monkey. And then you, uh, they, they will understand that I am not taking this one on. That this is for you. And if you want to move forward with it, okay, you can maybe reach out to me and ask a question or whatever, but I'm not taking this one. So providing the clarity again, like you have the processes, you have the procedures, you have the values, you have everything you need to make this decision. What is your decision? So again, it's providing the the clarity that is provided through process, procedure, training, and then coaching them up. And here's the other thing. People don't want to be managed in today's day and age. They want to be coached. So mm, that's true. So because people don't want to be managed by not answering their questions, coaching them to make better decisions on their own, you're probably going to get less turnover at your company. Maybe we also. need to change the titles from manager to coach. I mean, I mean it's a thought. It's a thought. So again, clarity is the one thing on how to develop your team so they don't need you. Any other last thoughts? No, no. Well, that's a wrap. We'll see you next time on Bootstrappers. How competent are you as a leader? If you're feeling confident, see how you score on your leadership competency. It's free in the show notes. It's a fun way to see how you're doing in your leadership role, and most importantly, how you can be even more effective as a leader for your team. Your leadership competency score is waiting for you in the show notes.